German masala sit back and listen to German masala sit back and listen to German masala uh, okay let me start hello everyone and welcome to the 8th episode of German masala podcast i'm your host habib and i'm your other host alex very welcome to you as well alex thank you thank you uh, we're back in uh, your apartment uh, filming and recording i guess both Yes, this time it's my turn. So it's good that you are here. It's good that we can talk about our today's topic that you obviously don't know about. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um I think we this kind of became a little like a segment here. Is there anything from last week or last episode I should rather say 2 week ago that uh we want to put up? Like I only received some feedback that one of our listeners, one of my friends really liked the intro music. So, so that was <laughs> so that was cool, but I didn't receive like any uh any like yeah. big inputs. Oh, the one thing though. Oh yes, I actually did. Okay. Never mind. We didn't talk about our like logo. Like we talked about food and it has oh, the it has the yeah, german yeah, pretzel yeah. and it has the masala which is basically just another word for spice right exactly you, you that, that is spice yeah, yeah, yeah so and we had that and and people were like so you talked about food but you never talked about your logo i was like <laughs> oh crap that's that's a very good point so we have some very keen listeners i guess right we do we do so thank you all so much for listening we definitely. appreciate the feedback yeah definitely i actually got uh, feedback from one of my very good friends as well it wasn't related directly to the last times podcast but to general uh, our general podcast you know so mm-hmm. uh his name is alex as well by oh, the way oh no way <laughs> <laughs> so the podcast we received from alex was that our the episodes feedback. uh the feedback sure, right? sure. the feedback right. we received from him was that our episodes might be a bit too long mm-hmm. because he was saying he likes to listen to what we are saying uh, the topics are interesting as well but the almost all the episodes are like about an hour or over an hour and he's a very busy person so and also <laughs> i mean these days especially if you are not a podcast listener generally this might be a bit longer time than you would usually have to you know get some entertainment you listen to podcasts or watch sure. videos uh we listen to you what you said alex uh and uh let's see so <laughs> <laughs> let's see how to, so we should we should maybe let our listeners know so usually we do it the way that uh whoever brings the topic is basically the show master and is allowed to end the podcast at any time and also that person usually edits the podcast so i guess we can go either route like either just talking less or editing it more yeah. to make sure but honestly we would love to hear from you so if you have any feedback leave it down in the comments below if you're watching on youtube or if you are listening on any other podcast services because we're on like apple podcast spotify i think we're on amazon now oh, amazon really? just, yeah i wow. think i just received the emails so i think we're on amazon uh podcast now oh wow yeah So like just you know if you're on those send us an email the email address is in the show notes definitely so what we have been doing up until now is to keep everything organic so we don't try to force any topics or we don't try to make it long make the episodes longer or shorter than they actually would be in an organic way so i think we can just continue doing that alex and see you know if they while editing if there are things that we can take out or you know there are some 
topics that might not be very interesting for people. Maybe we can change a few things over there, but I, I would still like to keep things organic. Right? Me too, me too. Yeah. But to be fair, we sometimes drift off quite a long way from, but this is, you know, this is why we started this. Like people ask me, what, like, why do you start this? How can you talk so, but it's, I mean, basically we had the idea because we talked a lot you know, at work and we're exactly. like, basically we just need a microphone. And yeah. so, yeah. This is just a conversation between two friends and exactly. we are just recording it, right? So. Exactly. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, about today's topic. So I'm, I hope you're going to like it. I think you have somewhat of an expertise in it as well. Oh, so interesting. Yeah, so I was just wondering, I watch a lot of YouTube. I mean, I don't watch any TV anymore, right? So yeah, whatever, me neither. Yeah, it's you like, see? I think for a lot of the young people, that's the case, right? They wouldn't sure. watch like normal TV, what used to be called TV, uh, but they would consume their content from Netflix, from YouTube, from Basically other... on demand, right? I on mean, there, there has been the on demand concept even with regular TV, um, especially in the US. It's never really taken off so much in Germany, yeah. but in the US, there were times when I was there in 2009, 2010, um, you had a cable box, you paid like 150 you know, dollars a month or sometimes like that much, uh, but you had on-demand channels. And then when you go there, you can watch movies on demand, which is kind of like the predating Netflix time. Yeah. Netflix was around, but usually with DVDs. So. That's why while watching some of the American TV series, they will be like, oh, I TV'd it. I never knew what it was. Yeah, I mean, and TiVo, like you can, this actually, we had this in Germany as well. There were some receivers that would let you just, um, record your shows and then oh, you can play them back but okay yeah whatever okay uh, well i never had such a receiver because you know once we uh moved into our new or once i moved into my apartment when i was a single person uh i never got tv i never got satellite oh. i switch right away to netflix or nice. to other online streaming services so uh, I think I might have been one of the very first users here in Germany for Netflix as well. Uh, I think you might not have because really? I had Netflix before it was even out in Germany. I used a VPN to tunnel my internet oh, wow. to, uh, to America because I was in America and then I was like, I love Netflix. And then I got here, I'm like, oh, Netflix doesn't work. So I, I did that as well. Oh, by you the did way. that too. But Netflix was, was already here. Oh, the, just to get the different exactly, content. Just to get the American <laughs> content. I did the VPN thing as well. Uh, anyway, so the topic I wanted to talk to you about is like, is the classical TV dead or is it still alive? Oh, I love that. Yeah, so... I love that. And I know people who will love that as well. Okay. Cool. Um, ever since I was a kid, TV has been an, an integral part of my life, you know, and I think this is similar for a lot of the people. I, I knew a few people in India and I know a few people in Germany as well who said that we don't, who say that we don't have a TV, we don't care about TV. You know, uh, do you watch Friends? I don't. Okay, so... <laughs> I don't. I know you love Friends. It's like your favorite series ever. Yeah. I have a mean reference for everything from, from Friends. But you do. <laughs> there, there's the scene where one of the characters, its name is Joey, is talking to someone and this person tells him, oh, I don't own a TV. And Joey goes like, he's a funny character. He goes like, then what is your furniture pointed to? <laughs> you know, it makes so much sense. <laughs> I mean, sure. I mean, I literally in all apartments that I've lived, even at my parents' house, the TV was and still is one of the centerpieces of the thing. But, but 
the TV is just the media consumption unit, like what you play on it, right? And that's, I guess, where you're... you're exactly. That's what we're pointing at. Yeah. Okay, let's start with what your thinking is. What do you think? Is the classical TV already dead? And So by classical TV, you mean like the TV, like... The TV programs. consumption, how we used to yeah. consume TV, yeah. the channels that we had, you know. We still have them. We do. But... I don't know about the statistics, it's just about what your feeling is. right? Sure. Now. I mean, for me personally, I, as you said in the beginning, I don't watch any classical TV anymore, except for actually the Tagesschau. But instead of consuming the Tagesschau live, which is like a German news broadcast every day at 8 p.m., um, instead of consuming that live, I actually watch it on YouTube because usually at 8, I have something else to do, like 8 p.m., I, I'm, you know, I'm eating, I'm chatting with friends, I have, you know, other endeavors on the side. So what I do is I usually uh, watch it before I go to bed at like, you know, in the evening at night, uh, which I love. I love the whole on-demand concept. And there are just so many niches that I really love. Like there are so many little like channels I love. Um, and people might know me for, you know, electric cars and stuff like that, but I also love like home decoration, uh, catamarans. I you know, I love so many different things and YouTube gives me the opportunity to explore these things and even computers like Linus Tech Tips, MKBHD, Becky and Chris, you know, all these channels, they're sometimes, you know, in the same space, sometimes completely different. And, and you just get that on demand and, and you're also supporting by watching their content, content creators that might not have had a chance to go into the traditional movie, film industry or even TV industry because their content was considered too niche, but now they're making a living of it. So I think that's really cool and that's one part where I love this. And also just because I love their content. I think it's sometimes even better produced than TV shows, stuff like that. Now. I gotta say, like everything that's reality TV, I know that there are some reality TV shows on YouTube and stuff like that, but I think those are like the one thing which I guess I would watch on regular TV, but I never really watched one. I watched like Berlin Day and Night, like Berlin Tag und Nacht for like, I don't know, it was years back. I've never watched it. Uh, do you have an example for reality TV on YouTube? What exactly? I've, I've recently heard of like one channel where they like go around and do st I, I actually don't have because I just don't watch reality TV okay. that much. Okay. Um, but then we get into the whole world of Amazon Prime, yeah. Netflix, Disney Plus, yeah. um, Hulu in the US. Then there's Twitch for online streaming for games. Yeah, of course. I mean, honestly, all of those together, you're already starting to like once again have you know channels where you watch your tv so i think it's 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 moving back to like a more dispersed ecosystem where you still have different services um but yes for me personally traditional tv is because it doesn't have that on-demand thing dead and except for the super bowl but if that super bowl by the way if the super bowl would stream live somewhere on youtube i would definitely watch it on youtube um <laughs> it like and even if it costs a little bit, like I don't mind paying like five or 10 euros for like an event like this. Of course, one yeah. Time. yeah. Uh, even sometimes when there's a movie that's not out on Netflix or anywhere else yet, I sometimes just buy it on Amazon and then I can watch it on uh, Prime Video. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. I, I love watching cricket and we don't get cricket over here in Germany on any of the normal channels. I mean, you can get some Indian channels or some British channels via the satellite and then you would be able to watch those, but I don't have that. So in those moments, I always think, why can't I watch this on YouTube? I would be willing to pay the money, right? 
five, ten euros per match. It's okay if it's an important match to me. I would pay that money. Yeah, you know? and it's like it's like once a month, uh, once a year for me for the Super Bowl, which I really love. I don't care a lot about other sports. Yeah. Sometimes I watch like a little bit of golf or something, but it's just you know on in the background. Yeah. So yeah, I would love that. The one thing though, I want to ask you because maybe our listeners um, don't really know what TV is like in Germany or in India for that matter or in the US. So in Germany, TV is definitely a little bit different than at least in the US because in the US you usually pay a lot of or you used to, a lot of people used to pay a lot of money for cable. Some of them I guess still do. Um, but in Germany, TV was a little bit different. Like you could get TV pretty cheaply um, and sometimes even for free if you have your um, like satellite dish and stuff like that. So there were a couple of channels you would have to have a special card and you would have to pay for it. But a lot of the channels are free and some of them are financed through ads where they just run a lot of ads and some of them are financed through the... Um, Rundfunkgebühren. Yes, the Rundfunkgebühren. So in Germany, and I do pay mine. Um, everyone has to pay theirs. Everyone has to pay theirs, yeah. Well, if you, I guess if you don't have any radio, TV or anything in your house, you don't have to, but... Like um, every smartphone is basically. I like, think that used to be the case. Oh. Now they say, okay, even if you don't have those devices, you do have a computer and you yeah. are getting some kind of entertainment. So, yeah. Yeah. And at first I was a little bit mad. It's like, what, 50 euros or so every three months, something yeah, like that. So, yeah, so it's not terribly much. Um, and you get high quality news and stuff like that. And I, uh, so the R. ARD, the first German television, like basically um, station where I watch the Tagesschau news they are sponsored by this. So I think it's, it's important to have that. So, you know, in Germany, TV was never super expensive on the channels. Yeah. What was it like in India? So when I was growing up, when I was a little child, like say seven, eight years, there weren't that many channels in India. There were just like two channels. Oh, wow. Both state-sponsored and then one local state-sponsored channel. The two which were like Doodarshan. Doodarshan is basically a word for... I would say satellite. Anyway, so Doodashan 1 and Doodashan 2, those were the two channels you would get and you would have state-sponsored everything on there. Not uh, really entertainment, also state-sponsored because they were obviously producers, directors, they sure. were doing own thing and then selling the things to the channel. But the news was basically, you know, like Tagesschau, we had our news at, I think, 7.15 every day. And everyone would, who was interested in what's happening in the world would sit in front of the TV and would listen to uh, everything happening in the world. That was one of the primary channels to get news. Other was the newspaper. But then, as I was telling you in one of our earlier podcasts, that after the 90s, the Indian market started opening to outside yes. world. So that's what happened in the 90s and um, channels from outside started coming to India. Mm. Like star movies, star things, there was uh, MTV, there was um, all those big names, ESPN. You oh, know? I didn't you, know you that. Have... You get all, really? Yeah, you, in India oh. nowadays, I think you get like 2,000 or 3,000 different channels. Holy shit. Wow. <laughs> that is, well, I guess, yeah, if you really want to, you can get them pretty much everywhere in the world. Yeah, now, exactly. Yeah. Those were, and in India, they are very inexpensive compared to Germany. So you can get the cable TV. 
cable TV, I think they have this concept in the US as well, where you would have, you can tell them, okay, these are the channels you want to have. And you yeah, you can have like a selection or a package or exactly. something like the sports package and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. And then you would pay like, I think my parents are paying right now 400 rupees, which is basically five euros per month. That is cheap. Okay, that is cheap. Like, because even a Netflix subscription is more. Yeah. But in like... In Indian money, basically, like in the buying power, is that considered a lot? It's not considered a lot, but you have to see my parents don't really get that many channels. They get like around 50 channels or something. Oh, okay, so they, they have a smaller package. Yeah, and there yeah. are people who would get more channels, but they would still pay, I don't know, like 10 euros at most for the TV. Which is, I mean, for a family like a normal family, a middle class family, is a decent amount of money. Okay. It's, you know, it's uh, it's like what we pay for Netflix over here, I would say. But is Netflix cheaper in India? No, it's... Yes, Netflix is cheaper in India compared to how much we pay over here or how much people... But compared use. to the cable TV? It's very expensive. And I wow. think that is one of the things why Netflix is having problems in India. Are uh, they? Okay, so I'm not I'm not too, too savvy about what's happening with Netflix and other streaming services in India. Yeah. yeah, I think this is the problem. I'm... I have never gotten a Netflix, Netflix subscription in India itself. Sure, but yeah. I, I read this news a couple of months ago, I think, where uh, they said that Netflix is basically having problems in India and in other developing countries because of its rates. Oh. They are trying to cut down their rates, but they can only go up to a certain extent because they need to pay the, you know, people who are actually <laughs> producing those yeah. things. And I mean, some of them are own productions. I guess they have a little less overhead cost, but you still need to produce movies exactly. and they're expensive to be produced. Right? Yeah. And it's quality content again, right? Yeah. I mean, honestly, the new... What did I watch? Like Project Power was one of the last ones I watched. It was actually Casey Neistat was in that movie. That's kind of why I watched it because Casey had it on his YouTube channel, which I watched. So okay. It was okay. like all cascading into each other. Uh, but it was a good movie and it was a Netflix original, I think. So it was Netflix produced. Or, it w I mean, Netflix gave it in commission, basically. And then um, a like a different, like, you know, uh, register, what is it called? Like a different director. Director, director um, you know, would direct that movie and stuff like that. But it's basically a Netflix first movie and there were a couple of those already and i really liked them like they usually have their theme of being like dark and gloomy in a yeah, way yeah. but honestly i like them and some of the netflix series like stranger things i mean they freaking like went through the room yeah my yeah. wife loves it i watched like first two seasons of it but i never i was i'm not really a huge fan of science fiction and fiction so okay well wasn't. then yeah <laughs> i love it too but I guess awesome. there are a lot of really, really good Netflix uh, series out there. Yeah. Netflix movies, they direct movies as well. what some people don't know is that some of the series that are like now have Netflix on them are actually just rebranded. So yeah. Netflix bought that content yeah. and it's now on Netflix and they basically have the rights to stream that to users. And, you know, a lot of people also don't... Well, I guess a lot of people nowadays know because of all the VPN ads, but... Um, there are different, uh, you know, different movies and TV shows all over the world. So if I'm in the U.S. or let's say I'm in the U.K., I get 
I want to say it's like, uh, what is that one funny show with uh, like Faulty Towers? Have you ever heard that? No. It's great. I love that show. It's like a really old show, but I think you get that. Then you get Parks and Rec when you're in the US. Oh, that's awesome. But you don't get any of those when you're in Germany. So yeah. there's still that, you know, divide. And I wish, I, I just it. wish it would be a truly global thing where, where those licenses, where those agreements are just negotiated globally. So when I, when I watch Netflix and someone tells me, Oh, I have this because we have friends from all over the world, right? Yeah. And I talk to friends in the US and they're like, oh, have you seen this? I'm like, no. And I would ask, like, is it on Netflix? And I would be like, yeah, it's on Netflix. But but the issue is like, maybe it's not on my Netflix. So this is this is the one thing which I really don't like, but it's something really hard to complain about because traditional TV, yeah. you never had that, right? Yeah. Like they, they would ask you like, have you seen that mo movie or that show? For example, under the, well, no, that's not quite true because some of the shows would trickle down to Germany, yeah. like um, OC California, um, like Magnum PI, Knight Rider, like some of the stuff I watched when I was younger. Yeah. Uh, those things would also stream and oh, stream would also be on TV in Germany. So you know, some of that would work, but it was never truly, truly global. And I would love for this to be. And I think YouTube is the closest to that right now because its content is basically available everywhere. There are a couple of it, like um, limitations to that. But most of it is. Yeah, I think the limitations are not because of YouTube, but more because of the local authorities. Like Gema used to do this thing in Germany where they would say, okay, you can't watch this music video or listen to the song because, you know, because of the copyright stuff. And this is very interesting. Uh, funny fact, last time I came, from, came back from the US, I downloaded Parks and Recreation. I kept my phone off for like three or four days just so that <laughs> it doesn't know I'm back in the uh, back in Germany. And so I you kept it, it on flight mode. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's what I did. <laughs> yeah, I, I wanted to do that too because I downloaded some as well, and yeah. and then I put it into normal. I'm like, oh no, now it's gone. <laughs> um, Having two phones, one business and one private, paid off. So yeah, <laughs> I do this. I do have this too, but I don't. I didn't have you know Netflix on my work phone. So okay, okay. I now I guess yeah. You should get it next time. <laughs> next. Time. All right. Anyway, well, you don't know when you're going to the US next time. Yeah, the whole coronavirus thing. But uh, yeah, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Anyways, I think we already got a little bit into what. I wanted to get into later, but let's let's continue oh, with that. Sorry, <laughs> uh, no, no, I think that's a really good thing. Um, so basically, I mean, what Netflix is doing right now is that they are producing or directing or showing you the similar or same things that used to be there, but it's just on-demand model, right? Yeah. And as you were saying, it's on the TV as well. These things, uh, you have on-demand TV as well. Mm -hmm. But it never really took off as well as, as Netflix did. Yeah. I personally think it's because of the options you have, because of the things you can watch on Netflix. And if, for example, Disney starts doing it, like Disney started the on-demand thing as well now. Disney right? Plus, right? Disney yeah, it's Plus. streaming service. Yep. Yep. But they will, be only, they will only be showing Disney produce stuff, right? It's not like Netflix where you can watch, well, now you can't watch Friends anymore in Germany on Netflix, but you were able to. <laughs> but yeah, you can watch it on Amazon Prime yeah, now. So okay. uh, same thing. <laughs> sure. I think that's one of the main factors as well, why Netflix is so much successful than the other. And I, I want to say it's also price. Yeah. So you get, you get high quality streaming, which, you know, TV is still mostly 720p, even if they say HD. Yeah. So that is, you know, not even full HD. And if I see a 720p, I think our like 
like two videos ago, you exported our, our podcast in 720 I'm sorry, listeners. <laughs> and, and I mean, you were right. Like, it's not terrible, but it's still like 1080p is the... I think even uh, YouTube used to say 720p was considered HD and they removed that okay. a couple of months ago uh, or a couple of weeks ago. I don't know. Um, and then only 1080p is now considered true HD, which I think is fair. And honestly, a lot of people, a lot of smartphones... Uh, but also a lot of just TVs at home. My TV is just full HD. There's no, like, I guess next time I'll buy 4K or something. But right now it's 1080p. So um, I think it's this, like the considerably cheap price. And then it's honestly also a little bit of peer pressure, right? Mm -hmm. So if somebody watched a series and everybody's talking about that and you haven't watched that, you're like, well, I want to watch that too. I want to be part of society. I want to be part of that conversation and since Netflix is producing some of these shows, which is just everybody's talking about them, some of even the movies that people are now starting to talk about, if you are interested in that, you know, in that space at all, yeah. I think some of it is also just like, well, it's, you know, it's on the, and, and it's, it's like this false, I don't want to say false, false, but like this false sense of, well, I can cancel at any time, right? Yeah. So, so you're paying, like Disney Plus is a little different because they will offer you huge discounts if you pay yearly instead of monthly. Uh, so I think that's what we're doing. Um, but on, um, on Netflix, it like, it's monthly. And there is actually, I do prefer that model, to be honest. It's like just, it's even like there's no option to pay. I don't think there's an option to pay yearly. It's just like you pay monthly and then if you don't want it, you just cancel. And if you want to, you, you just get, and this gives you the sense of, well, if I don't need it anymore, I can always cancel. You never do. It's not that expensive. Yeah. You can always cancel, right? Yeah. So Yeah. And honestly, especially during this pandemic, I mean, like I haven't been in a movie theater since. Yeah. So, and I don't know if I will, but you know, it's, it's just so nice to have all this stuff right where you are and when you want it. I'm actually waiting for the time when they will start releasing the movies on Netflix. They did, with did they? Mulan. Well, that's not Netflix, but that was Disney+. Plus. And uh, so I, I listened to the Carpool's Critic podcast, which okay. is like out of Linus Media Group. Um, so for everyone of, of our viewers, I guess, like they said, don't watch it. First of all, just watch the original, the, the animated one. Apparently the live action one is not good. Okay. Um, and it is also like a lot of the movie theater um, owners were really unhappy because this is one of the big Disney movies, even if it's not really good by movie critic standards. Still, like parents will watch it with their kids. A lot of people will watch it. Right. Hmm. Um, and it was supposed to be releasing in movie theaters and after that on streaming. And now Netflix, uh, Disney Plus, actually, I think it costs like 30 euros or something because it's like a release only digital first. Okay, then, I mean, you can make a night out of it, right? So you would, it's basically the same amount of money you would be paying for going into the cinema. Exactly. Right? But honestly, like this takes away a little bit of that appeal of, well, it's on Netflix and it's streaming everything, right? I agree. I agree. And this is what I really don't like about Amazon Prime. Because you, on Amazon Prime, like they now in the app have that little toggle switch having like, show me only stuff that's included for free in Amazon Prime. But yeah. Amazon Prime also has this, like the regular, the default view is you have everything in there, basically all movies, but then some of the movies you still have to pay you or some of this. Pay. And this is, I, yeah, sure. They're all probably making a lot of money off it, but I, you know, that, I don't like that. Yeah. Like if I'm paying for this. And one other thing with Amazon Prime is that not all the movies are available or uh, in in the original language so oh yeah 
I think that's annoying. But the most, okay, if we're talking about annoying stuff with this, you know that there's also the not widely used, but still pretty big um, Google Play um, movie section. Of course I know it, yeah. <laughs> I've never watched anything there. But yeah. I tried. Okay. And sometimes like I, I still had some Google Play credits because you sometimes get some money credits there. Yeah. And there was a movie I wanted to watch. Yeah. They just didn't let me watch it in the original language. It's Why? so weird. Be well, because I'm in Germany and for whatever reason, I think they only yeah. own the German. So that's when this part died for me. Like I've never released, really, like I've never really looked at any movies in there anymore because I try to watch everything in original language. Yeah. If it's English or German, yeah. right? If it's like anything else, I speak a little bit of French, I speak a little bit of Spanish, but not good enough that I can actually enjoy a movie. Sometimes I'll watch with subtitles, but usually I'll then put it in German or English. Yeah. And German dubbing is quite good usually. So. Oh yeah. So, yeah. Oh yeah. I don't really mind it. But you know, this is one of the, where I'm like, this is also why I love the streaming services because they give me a chance on German TV you will get all movies only in the German format right mm. it will be German language it will be and I don't like that I really like to enjoy the original voices and sometimes they make such a big difference yeah yeah I, I agree um, coming back to the point you made about Google Play I think there are some copyright issues as well so well, well I think it's more than sorry but I think it's like just paying Right? Like you have to pay if you want to have the right to sell that movie. And yeah, like... exactly. I think whenever a Hollywood movie, for example, Hollywood movie comes to Germany, there, there's some kind of local movie production house involved in it, in translating it and dubbing it in German. And then you need to pay them as well, I think, if you show the movie in the original language. Uh, but yeah, uh, interesting things. Um, my second point, what I wanted to talk to you about today. So we sort of uh, compare now the classical TV with uh, mostly with Netflix, right? So Netflix is doing similar things to the classical TV where they are showing us content which is similar, right? You can see movies on TV, you can see movies on Netflix, you can see series on TV, you can see series on Netflix. What YouTube did, it kind of disrupted this whole thing, right? Everyone can start making their own content, as you were mentioning earlier, right? You are one of the YouTubers here in Germany. <laughs> you have quite yeah, a lot yeah. of uh, subscribers, right? I mean, it's yeah, I'm I'm, I'm getting closer to nine thousand. It's I mean, yeah, it's all right. It's it's still considered small. So. I mean, for me, it's a lot, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we put our videos on YouTube as well now. I mean, going back like 10, 15 years. No, 15 years, let's say. How old is YouTube? 15, I think, right? Yeah, actually, I'm not sure. Yeah, I think it's about 15. I'll look it up. You keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, but I think I would have never thought that this is going to be possible. Yeah. So Yeah, 15 years, all right. Yeah, it's, it, it's very disruptive, right? Do you, what differences do you see between Netflix and YouTube? They are somewhere competitors. Like, I think Netflix has like 140 million subscribers now in the mm -hmm. world. YouTube has only? around 2 only? billion. Only 140 million? Yeah, most of them are paying. Well, I guess, yeah, Netflix. Uh, interesting. Subscribers? Subscribers? I want to I I know, know how many there are. I saw the statistics some time ago. No, you're right. Like, it's around, like, in 2019, it was end of 2019, 167 million. Interesting. Okay. I thought it was more. They, I guess they still have a huge 
like well but some of them use also multiple accounts stuff like that or one account for multiple people that is true but then there's again this is something i want to talk to you about as well there's this subscription model was this the model that youtube has yeah yeah um, well, well let's start with the first point right yeah. uh, in my opinion youtube is disruptive yes and the reason why it's disruptive is because this is one of the only platforms where you can make money off your videos per default. Like you don't have to. So for example, let's say Instagram. Um, I think Instagram now starts with ads. So th their model might change. But for the longest time, and I think still in a lot of markets now, if you're on Instagram, if you're an Instagram creator, a content creator, and, and this, is, this can be a whole job, right? The only way to make money off Instagram is if you have other people or companies pay you for the exposure. And that usually means you have to build up a brand, a recognition, a, a reputation first, where you have enough subscribers or followers on Instagram that a brand will say, well, this person has like 2000 people and he's making a lot of content about, I don't know, TVs. Maybe we'll, we'll pay him to advertise our TV on his Instagram channel or her Instagram channel. And that means you have this huge investment going in. Whereas, oh, and you're never sure. Whereas on YouTube, you can make money after a certain threshold, after you hit a certain threshold. That changed, by the way, too. It used to be lower, but that's fair, right? But you can, if you want to make a career out of it, make a career out of it. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying you will make yeah. a, a ton of money on it. And only, I want to say, the like top few percent make enough to live off of YouTube. But the appeal is there and it at least give you, it gives you a valuable or a valid chance to make that money. And I think that's why it's so different. It's user-generated content, but there were a lot of platforms, even like, I know, I remember Clipfish in Germany, Vimeo yeah. is still around. They're now branding more towards like B2B stuff and stuff like that. Okay. So yeah, so they're still around, but all of those platforms are lacking this like chance for creators to make money of it. And it's so important because Honestly, if I, like, my YouTube videos have evolved over the past one and a half years. Yeah. And now, so much more time goes into every video. Like, I have the gear right now. It's, it's expensive. It costs a lot of money. And I paid way more than I made on my channel for my new gear because it's a hobby. I like to do that. And it's not, like, I'm not currently living off of that money. Um, but, you know, this is, this is nice to get some of it back. And I think that's why YouTube is disruptive also to Netflix, because you're right, Netflix, they started with just sending out DVDs, now it's all on demand. It's more the cinema and the actual production content. Whereas I think YouTube can be everything from really high level produced series like YouTube Originals, all the way down to like funny home fail videos yeah. or someone teaching you how to repair your broken Xbox or something. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they have clean with me videos on YouTube, right? <laughs> Where people are just cleaning their apartments and they have got millions of clicks. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, but, but this, this just goes to show that it doesn't, like sometimes, you know, if, if you would tell your parents or if I would have told my parents when I was young, like, you know what I should do? I should, you know, my job will be to make videos of me cleaning my room, putting them on the internet, <laughs> and then I'll get paid for that. They would be like, no, you're gonna go to school and you're gonna <laughs> learn something, right? Like, but this goes to show that ingenuity, innovation, like you might, people might say you're stupid, but you know, 
if it works, it ain't stupid. <laughs> yeah, if you're passionate about something, I think yeah, you should do it. Doesn't definitely. matter if people say it's stupid or not, right? Uh, very good point. Very. We we talked about a lot of different things right now, and <laughs> yeah, we were all over the place. But the one yeah. thing that I still wanted to ask you, because I gave my opinion on the on the mm -hmm. beginning, but what do you think? Like, is traditional TV dead? Uh, I think so. For me, it has been dead for years now, and I think as we are progressing now as we are you know in terms of uh, there's more and more content on cha uh, on channels like youtube or you know or or netflix it's more and less and less people will keep watching the tv but the thing is i was looking at some statistics just now and i think only around 8 million people in germany have netflix so yeah. there are still 90% of the people who do not have netflix so classical TV is still somewhat there, but I think this will keep decreasing with the time. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I, would, I would subscribe to that thesis. And I think classical TV has really have to step their game up, right? I, I heard that there are a couple of, um, couple of plans to have like joint media libraries where it's basically like a streaming service from the different TV stations. A lot of them already have uh, an online portal where you can watch TV. So I, I know people who watch Germany's Next Top Model, but they never watch it live. They also watch it like back on their website. Mm -hmm. And then obviously you can target ads based on the people who go to your website. And this is one where I want to ask you because ads, right? This whole concept of either uh, Netflix, for example, you just pay, no ads, awesome. YouTube, I think, is actually one of the best concepts because you can enjoy it for free with ads. And if you say, I hate these ads, I don't want these ads, they give you the option to buy your time back. And this is actually, I, I'm stealing these words now from the, um, uh, what is the podcast called? Like, uh, uh, damn, I, I love that. It's from Becky and Chris. Uh, the podcast is called Tuxedo Time. Okay. And on their last episode, which aired a couple of days ago, um, they actually talked about this and they were like, look, I want to always have the chance to buy my time back if I think it's worth the money. And basically YouTube can set the price at anything. And if someone is like, well, my like one minute of ads or maybe five minutes if I watch a lot of YouTube videos and there's a lot of ads, I don't want to spend these five minutes on ads I can pay like, I don't, I don't know, what is YouTube Premium right now? 12. 12 euros? 12 euros. Oh, that's right a lot. Now. Interesting. Okay, well, and anyway. If, 12 if, or 11 maybe, but it's, yeah. it's more than 10. Yeah. Okay, so well, but then you can say like, is it worth to me because I watch so much YouTube and there are so many ads? Well, then you can always get rid of them. And I think that's fair because the creators will, give, will still get part of your subscription money based on what kind of videos they watch. So I think that's kind of the perfect model. I absolutely agree. And I have YouTube premium right now because... Oh, look at you. <laughs> <laughs> look at me. Now, the thing is, I used to pay for Spotify. And with YouTube premium package that I have right now, I pay like 11 or 12. I'm not really sure. This amount of money. And then I get YouTube music as well, which is oh. basically so I can listen to music in my uh, car and I can... I mean, I have YouTube music, but... I, but I... And I have YouTube Music subscription, but I guess it's not like it doesn't it's, work the other way around. It doesn't. I, I'm not really sure. So the um, offer I bought, it was like both the things are included. Interesting. And I, I think it's a new thing. They just started like a couple of months ago. Maybe we should switch. Anyway. Anyways, yeah. I, and I, so when I was talking about Netflix having like 140 million users and you just said 160 million, million and then YouTube being close to 2 billion now, 
The main difference is that they don't have this model. They don't say, okay, we are going to show you ads if you are not willing to pay, right? This is the best thing YouTube ever did, I think. And this is what made them so successful as well. Along with the TrueView thing, so you have these ads which you can skip after five seconds. So which basically give me the power to say, okay, do I want to watch this ad? If I want to, I will keep continue watching it. If I don't, I will, I'm going to skip it. And this TV never had this option. No, they yeah? didn't. In TV, the ads were seen as disruption in a negative way every time right so you would watch your movie and then they will show in india they used to show like 15 minutes worth of ads same in germany same in Ger wow. you, you, like well maybe not 15 but you would like you would have enough time to get yourself a drink go to your basement and pick up like a pizza put it in the oven go to the bathroom you get back and you still have a minute left of ads would you watch those ads no or did you well, well the thing is and I, I mean, ads are really controversial, right? I mean, we both work in kind of the ad space as well. So, yeah. <laughs> but, but the thing is, no, I wouldn't usually watch them. Yeah. But sometimes, especially on like the children's channel when I was younger, they would have these cool remote controlled cars that could go <laughs> in the water. And man, I would love these, right? So, and, and there's a couple of times where ads actually helped me find a brand or a product which I really love. Right, so it's, it's not that ads are inherently bad in my opinion. They can be a net positive for everyone because whoever is serving that ad, let's say YouTube, gets a share of that money and hopefully also the creator that you know, makes the content. So that's great because they get paid. You know, they, they're creating jobs and money. The company who's advertising hopefully gets new customers and the people who are watching this and then buying the product are hopefully you know, enriching their lives with some sort of product, technology or whatever that they didn't have before. This is the best thing about companies like Google, Facebook, YouTube, which is basically part of Google now, that, you know, everyone wins. And that's why I'm digressing a little now. Yeah. That's why when people keep saying, oh, they are trying to steal my data, it really, I, I, it's really annoying to me. I mean, of course they are, taking your data into consideration while showing you the ads, but it's for your own good. These ads are going to be interesting for you. Well, right? but, but and then that's what some sites have on their website, like do you want personalized ads or not? I mean, we'll still show you ads. If we can't use your data, exactly. we'll just get random ads where yeah. I'm like, well, it's my choice to either have super random ads, which maybe I don't really care about. And then there's a higher chance that I will like the ads if I, you know, agree to use some of my data. I don't want everything to be used, obviously, but I, I don't mind if they know some things about me to make my ads more, more interesting. Agree, I would rather have companies uh, competing against each other for my impression and trying to show me, okay, I have a discount for Nike shoes because yeah. I'm interested in buying shoes, right? Rather than just seeing any random ad like you used to see in the TV. Yeah. Not sponsored by Nike, although you're wearing yeah, of course. Nike shirts. <laughs> Yeah, but, 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 and that's the thing. And, and at the same time, and this is again also why YouTube became such a big phenomenon, the creator gets that money or at least a part of it, right? No. So it fuels your favorite stuff. So you can, with your views on this, well, we don't get ad revenue, but uh, with, <laughs> not yet, not at yet. least. Um, but, but with your views on any of the YouTube videos, you're actively supporting that content, that that channel, right? And I think that's such a cool thing that the power 
of what is shown in the world is outsourced to the user rather than big TV networks which are deciding behind closed doors, oh, we think this is good for people and we think that's good for people. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Um, now, on a fun note, Alex. All right. What is your all-time favorite series or movie? The thing that you can watch again and again. Oh. Oh, man. I have to, I have to think a little bit about it. So, one I really love, it's not really all-time, but is just Rick and Morty. I've watched that, like, I don't know, so many times. I think it's really funny. Uh, I like the humor that's in that show. So I can watch that. Like, if, it's, if I put it on, I will, I will just watch a couple of episodes just because it's interesting. I like it. Awesome. Uh, and then which other one is... There's another one that I watched. Um, Breaking Bad, I watched twice. But it's more, oh, like, it's more involving. You, you have to, you know, be more in the mood for for watching it i think sorry i have to say this i think breaking bad is one of the best things ever made i agree i agree it's it's freaking amazing and then just let me watch my let me look at my netflix real quick there's because there's a couple of other shows that um that were that were also really uh really interesting altered carbon was really good but it's not like one of the ones that i watch like every time yeah i guess like yeah like i said rick and morty is one that i watched a couple of times and i i would always enjoy uh watching yeah. that i've watched a few episodes of rick and morty but mm, so i was always a family guy person <laughs> and you know you can watch only that many things so i thought okay yeah. let me leave rick and morty right now out and not watch it but Breaking Bad it's definitely yeah. one of the best series so what's, made. what's yours what is your like of course Friends oh, well, <laughs> should have known the so answer when I was working it's, it's running in the background really yeah. well you have it on DVD right you actually said my, my colleagues of... uh, gifted me a pack of DVDs but I never opened it because it's available on Netflix it's available <laughs> on Prime as well that's great yeah. that's great oh man uh, that is that is so cool. What is your favorite TV show oh. that you watched on traditional TV when you were younger or, you know, even like later? Wow. <laughs> well, I used to watch a lot of cartoons. Okay. Uh, sure. I watched like normal Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck stuff, you know, Tailspin, Pen, DuckTales. Mm, DuckTales, yeah, Duck yeah. Tales. The three trick, track and truck, exactly. whatever. I, I, they had different names in India. They oh, had, interesting. Uh, Hooey Dooey and Hooey. I, so something like that, yeah. Okay, so just really quick because we're on naming. Yeah. The funniest thing, SpongeBob SquarePants in the US. Yeah. In Germany, he's called SpongeBob <laughs> Schwammkopf, which means SpongeBob Sponge And when I told this to my American friends, they were freaking out. They were like, what is happening? You, in Germany, you call it SpongeBob Sponge That doesn't make sense. Sure, he is a SpongeBob, but that already means sponge. And then he has square pants. And, and they yeah, were. He, he does have a Schwammkopf for sponge head. Well, yeah, but basically, SpongeBob is already like kind of the sponge thing in there. I don't know. I watched uh, Spongebob only in German, so okay, yeah. it was the time when I was trying to learn German. So <laughs> Sorry, but, that, but that's, yeah, so different names and different languages. I think that's always so fascinating. Yeah, yeah. I mean, cartoons I used to watch a lot. And then there were some Hollywood movies we would get every now and then, but not that many series back then. India, by the way, the TV industry is huge over there, just like the movie industry. And people would watch especially i know a lot of aunties from my neighborhood who would watch 
TV for like six hours a day. Oh, yeah. And there are, I think, some series going on since 10, 15 years. They, they are continuing and people yeah. love those things. Yeah. I want to just really quick touch on some of the negative aspects because we now we're really positive and obviously both of us love the freedom and content this is provided to us with stuff like on demand, Netflix, YouTube. Yeah. One of the main downsides that I see is just the curation of content, especially when it comes to news. We've seen in the coronavirus pandemic, but also with racial equity movements, stuff like this, where YouTube can serve the adversary. Like it could be the opposite of what the companies and what the hopefully most of the world is set out to create equality for everyone. But then this can be used by right-wing media and by other publications. I mean, YouTube and Facebook are starting to crack down more on false information on... Uh, Facebook just recently um, stopped um, advocating, like they, they will not show any health groups anymore because um, you should get you, they say this and I completely agree, you should get your information from curated sources and not from some people saying essential oils will cure your cancer or something, right? So, um, so I think that's really negative also because sometimes you'll go down a rabbit hole and since algorithms are what serve you your content, also on the next video that's playing on YouTube, on Facebook, what's on your main feed, this can lead to you being trapped in a bubble of information where your view will only be strengthened every time, but it might be a view which is just factually not correct. I agree with everything you just said, but I always take this example of a hammer, right? It's a tool you should use to, you know, hammer a nail, but you can also use it for other purposes. You can use it to hurt someone, right? Yeah. So just like this, YouTube, I mean, it depends on the person how you're going to use it. So other thing, I was listening to Joe Rogan's podcast and I know he's becoming a controversial figure as well, but he sometimes have really good, really interesting guests on his show which um and sometimes not so much as well but yeah i was listening to this one and it was quite a good one actually and he said uh, basically that they were talking about twitter and youtube etc banning some people from the yeah. platform which i think was a good thing because these people are not really right-wing people these were like extremists right some yeah. of them oh yeah about, right but then he said, shouldn't these things, because they have become so large, like YouTube or Twitter, shouldn't the, these be like fundamental human rights, like air, water, etc.? And if they are, if everyone sh should be able to have access to these things, how can a company just ban those people from, from their platform, from these platforms. No, I, I would, yeah, but I would disagree. I think it's important because just be, some people just want to watch the world burn. Some people yeah. are just inherently trying to destroy values because of whatever personal values they have, which will hurt the communities in ways unimaginable. And all, I gotta say, like, this is also partly true of traditional media. Like, Fox News isn't doing a great job for the world right now, right? Of course. So, yeah. so it, I'm not saying, like, this is only an issue in, on platforms like Facebook and YouTube, but it is just such a big deal where I think they have to step in. If someone tells you the freaking world is flat, that's some BS. <laughs> I'm sorry, but this should, like, if children, like, ch okay, so the issue is because it's so widely available, children can access it super easily. And I want to bet that most of the people watching them are probably younger people, right? Yeah. So when these younger people see this and their worldview gets, gets shaped 
by some of the just flat out BS that's on there, then I'm sorry. But like, if you're actively trying to hurt people and trying to get people to, in the worst case, probably like kill others, right? Saying like, these people are coming into our country, taking our jobs, they're bad. We need to build a wall, stuff like that. I'm sorry, that is straight up hate speech. And that's what Hitler did in Germany. Yeah. And I don't want to see any of that. And I think companies have a, a moral obligation to to do the best to their abilities to do this. And, and this is also where I think the role of people who are running the channels have to step in. So my channel, right, on YouTube, this channel as well, by the way, if there's anyone commenting anything that is straight up... Um, hate speech, hurtful. Uh, yeah, well, not, hurt, not just for us. Like, yeah, like if, it, if someone is, is commenting some racial stuff on there, yeah. like, I'm not like, I don't give any second chances. It's like, you are banned from the channel. Yeah. And so that's where actually Facebook now stepped in and said, if there are groups without an admin, they will now need an admin. And that admin can be held at least somewhat accountable. Oh. Um, so for example, if a group is banned, the admin cannot create any new groups for a certain amount of time now due to, you know, if, if it's banned for like reasons such as, you know, wrongful information, stuff like that, which I think is great because if we have this community, I think the people who are creating that community have to, I know if, you, if you're running a channel on YouTube that has millions of views, you cannot go through all of the comments, obviously, of course, right? But I think that's where, where we all have to step up and we all have to start being active members of society. If something is wrong, report it, because sometimes, you know, the people who are taking the time to make that content, just, just they're not aware of some of the bad things that's happening in the comment section. So yeah. um, I think it's completely fine to have free speech. To have an opinion is completely okay. What I completely disagree with is stating opinions as facts. You can say, like my favorite example, obviously, is electric cars, right? Like, you can say, I don't like electric cars, and I have nothing to say against you. Yeah. You can say, I think they look stupid. I think they, you can, you can say all of that. But when you start saying, well, my diesel car that's 10 years old is better for the environment, that's just straight up false. Like, give me the facts of that. And people will not give me that, right? The problem is a lot of people think that their opinions are as valid as other people's facts, which is absolutely BS again, right? Yes. Yes. This cannot be. This cannot happen. Exactly. But, but this is more and more being driven into society by these platforms because some of the channels, and again, I have a channel where I express my opinions, but I try to be as factual as I can and I will pin comments if I said anything wrong. I'll, I'll comment. I'll try to correct it in the next video. We're all humans. Nobody's perfect. Even big news publications make errors once and again. So that's not what I'm getting at here, right? The big thing is if this is happening constantly, what you just said, right? Yeah. If people like, just name it Donald Trump, right? He has a bunch of opinions. He always likes to straight his facts, which is straight up wrong, yeah. right? So, yeah. so it, um, yeah, it, it's, it's a difficult issue. So that's one of the negativity aspects. And then the other one I just wanted to point out there is um, the, just the content that's available on regular TV, like with the hosts, and it's also a huge industry, right? Does it have anything positive to contribute? Because this is what uh, what is still used to distribute a lot of news, right? If, if everybody, again, if everybody would just get their news from YouTube and Facebook, it's maybe not the best idea, right? Um, so I think there still has to be a big shift if we wanna have everything on demand. What do you think? 
I agree. I think there are some negative points and the points you just mentioned are very valid. I agree with both of those. I think there's one another point that I personally feel is a bit negative, at least for me, is that my consumption of the whole like entertainment thing has increased a lot since since things are on demand <laughs> you know when I, I remember the times when i was a child and we used to get one hour on a sunday to watch tv and that was it for the whole oh, week wow. okay yeah there wasn't much on anyways but anyways you know and then when i grew up a little it was like one hour a day maybe and now it's sometimes the whole day you just keep you get into the spiral, you watch one YouTube video and then the algorithm is so good, it'll show you another one which is very interesting and then another one. You can't really get out, get out of this black hole somehow. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. The, I think the consumption in general is going up because of the on-demand stuff. Sometimes you would just, I would get tired of an ad, you know, ads playing and I would just turn off the TV. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm over this. But on YouTube, on Netflix, there isn't that thing. Or at least on Netflix, there isn't. Or on YouTube, if you're paying for it. So... Yeah, I agree. And it's also, you know, especially with the younger generation, it, as you said, right, there's, it's a tool, it can be used for multiple things. Like YouTube helps so many people learn new stuff. Like Absolutely. I learned programming basically from YouTube videos. It, it was also a, a website, Python programming, like .net, but it's also a, a lot of videos on there. So I learned usually with the videos, um, Right, so these videos provide educational content, which maybe even universities sometimes can't bring at that level. At the same time, while it's bringing like hate speech sometimes to certain areas of the internet. So nothing is perfect in life. I just think it's important that we, uh, that we always try to look at the benefits it's bringing and try to just make sure that all downsides are as much as we can, you know, um, basically protect it, right? Not, not protect in the sense of like, that, that we just take steps to prevent anything that is truly like hurting communities or, or advocating for hate to be spread around the world, that this is kept under control and not spread around. Agreed, 100%. On that note, I think we both agree that there, despite some of very little disadvantages, drawbacks, it's a really great thing that we have now things like Netflix or YouTube, TV on demand, or you know, uh, channels like YouTube, which uh, motivates creators to do stuff. So yeah, great thing. And I enjoyed talking to you about this. I hope you did as well, Alex. It was super interesting, Harbir, and also to learn about like how TV was in India and, <laughs> and how things are over there. Uh, I can't imagine, you know, going back 15 years or something, you know, we we're both alive, but that was a, such a different world. So much has changed. So much has changed. The things have changed at a very rapid pace. I think I always, you know, older people have always said that as well, that in their times, things used to be different. And that's what we say now as well, when we were growing up. But the thing is, I think, so much has changed so rapidly in the last 15 to 20 years because of the technology companies, you know, doing great stuff that this does not used to be the case earlier. Like if you gave 50 years back, there was TV, there was radio, you know, but that remained a constant for a certain amount of time, you know. 
but with yeah. us, it's changing. Too, it's it's the rate of innovation and the yeah. pace of innovation. So like especially like uh, exactly when when older elderly people say like, oh, you know, it changed also in our time. Like it was different when we yes, and then sure it was right. But then when we look back at that time now, our change is much bigger like percentage wise, like. As you said, you know, TVs were around in the 1960s and 70s, and from the 60s to 70s, they didn't really change that much. Not really. But take my phone here. 10 years ago, if you would give me like this, I would say this is impossible. Mm. And now we have folding phones, we have swiggling phones, we have cameras that are better cameras in phones than on some of the dedicated filming hardware. So. Yeah. But, but you know what? I think the time is coming when the growth is going to slow down a little. There will still be growth. There will be uh, progress in terms of technology and devices will be getting better. But it, it, the speed will slow down a little. I, I actually disagree. You think so? Yeah. Okay. I think we are not even close to achieving what we can with technology, science, AI, and we're just scratching oh, the surface. I, sorry, I was talking about devices like phones. No, even with that. You think so? Yeah, okay. because where like phones are physical devices, where are the limitations? Currently, it's only manufacturing, really. Like yeah. if you can make a chip smaller, more energy efficient, that's usually manufacturing stuff and innovation on that side. Exactly. And how much more smaller can you make the chip? Oh, I that think was a, my point. I think a lot. You like, think so? Yeah, I think there is so much more to be done with devices and stuff. Do, do you know about the, I think it's called Moore's Law. Yeah, Moore's Law with the doubling. And I know it's doubling. slowed down. It, it has slowed down. Yeah, it has slowed down. I agree. But I think it's... I think the rate of innovation will actually, maybe we're hitting a little bit of a plateau, but it will accelerate again okay. because there is so much more we can do with new materials and stuff. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sure AI will play a huge role and it will change things as well. I was just thinking about devices, but okay. Maybe, anyway, maybe topic, yeah. topic for the next time. Topic for next time. Uh, yeah, Alex, great talking to you. And I hope all of you enjoyed our talk as well. Uh, if you have any opinions, I'm sure you do please feel free to share with us in terms like you can comment on our YouTube video or you can send us emails. We are always happy to hear from you. We are. German Masala is part of the Alex Universe media universe, I guess. This is, this is maybe a little bit too self-inflicting, right? Anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, which is currently uh, the YouTube channel called Alex Universe hosted by me where I usually talk about electric cars. And then it's this podcast hosted by Harbier. And myself so Yay. yeah and uh, this podcast is on all major podcasting platforms including apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify now amazon also uh, and a bunch of others if we are on any platforms that you didn't or that we're not on there yet and you can't find us please let us know send us an email or leave a comment under the youtube video yes <laughs>